When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. It'll all be okay. I love that. What you just heard is one of the many, many things that I learned while I was in Iceland. And we have so much more where that came from coming to you in this episode today. So hello and welcome or welcome back to Jump Podcast. I'm Traveling Jackie, founder and host of both this show and of Jump Adventures, where I invite you to set the headphones down and join us offline in person for active adventures in epic destinations around the world. Because remember that you can listen and read and research all you want, but in the end, it is you who takes the leap. And through Jump Adventures, I am extending an invitation for you to take a leap with us. You can learn more, find out where we're going next, subscribe to all the updates, and join us at jumpadventures.com. And you can come say hi on Instagram at jump.adventures or find me personally at travelingjackie. Those of you who are regular listeners know that I am back on the mic after taking my first properly scheduled break from podcasting in the eight years that I have been producing this show. So first of all, thank you for respecting that break and thank you for being here listening now. And whether you're a longtime listener or this is your first time, I hope that you enjoy what I have planned for you in this series. And if you are one of the people who have shown up in person during the break on our recent jump adventures to Patagonia and Montana, then thank you for participating in taking this whole thing to another level with me. There is absolutely nothing like turning off the screen and meeting you guys in person on our group trips. And it is so nice to be back in the saddle of travel again. This year is a different year for the podcast, not just because of the break, but also because of what's coming up on the show. I'm only producing one very intentional series of episodes this year. And the common thread throughout each episode of this series is that I'm taking you with me on my own adventures that I have personally participated in this year. To be very honest with you, it felt very strange, (laughs) almost counterproductive to be taking a break from podcasting right as podcasting seems to be finding its real groove. And even this show with our 160 episodes recently surpassed 2 million downloads. We got featured in a new Apple podcast travel collection right next to names like Anthony Bourdain, Rick Steves, and other crazy big internationally known names, which is fabulous, all of it, truly. But my purpose, my intention, no matter what any industry says I should do, is to be authentically me. And if I'm going to be podcasting, I want to create quality episodes for you. And in order to do that, I needed to take the break. And I'm saying that out loud because those are the circumstances that helped inspire me to create this series for you. Every one of these episodes represents a destination that I am choosing to travel to for a reason with an intention. And I'm going to share those reasons and intentions with you throughout these episodes. And my invitation for you to keep in mind as you listen is to consider your own reasons and intentions or maybe even your goals as you travel and explore near or far so that you can add a layer of 
internal exploration to your external experiences. So to kick this series off, we are starting with a destination I have long, long had quite near the top of my list, which is, of course, Iceland. Today, my goal is to whisk you away with me to the land of fire and ice. And to do that, I have enlisted the help of a few friends. In the first part of the episode, you're going to hear my friend Kirsten and I reliving a recent experience that we had in Iceland where we'll give you several ideas, rather exciting ones, including a couple of must-dos for your next visit or stopover in Iceland. And then in the second part of the episode, we get to chat with two Icelandic locals whom I met while I was there. And let me just say, you do not want to miss this part. After it's all over, you might be hungry. <laughs> You might be feeling a little bit whimsical and you'll definitely be pining to get to Iceland as soon as you possibly can for real. You may also have a very strange craving for licorice. So I hope that today right here, right now, whether you've been there before or not, you get to experience Iceland like you've never experienced it before. So maybe grab a snack or a drink, take a deep breath, open your mind to new ideas And come away with us to the volcanic island where elves and trolls and the daughters of Vikings roam. So I'm here with the very talented and lovely Kirsten Elena. She's a blogger, photographer, world traveler, backyard traveler, and all around such a beautiful person. Kirsten, welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. In a way, I feel like this is overdue, you know, (laughs) and yet perfect timing because because of what we're here to talk about today, but we've known each other for like, what, six years now or something. Yeah. It's been a while in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. And by some beautiful design, we both ended up at a travel conference together about a month ago, not even that long ago, where we were both invited to go on a trip to Iceland, which we did last week. (laughs) So so quick and spontaneous and kind of amazing. And that's what we get to talk about today. So first of all, I really am so happy that you are here to chat with me about this because you've been to Iceland before, which, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. which gives you a differing perspective from my first timer senses all around, you know? And so I'm hoping that we can sort of share the mic in a way that just invites both of us to dig into what that meant for each of us. Um, not just what we did, of course, which is the main event here, uh, but what we were looking forward to, uh, maybe what we were nervous about. I definitely want to mm. talk about that. Mm. Um, what surprised us. And then ultimately, hopefully we will leave our listeners today with just some inspiration and maybe some direction for their next trip to Iceland. So what do you think? Yeah, I love it. Sweet. Um, so my first question for you, I guess, to get this going, and we can kind of both answer these, I guess, is um, what did you know about Iceland going in? What were you basically like expecting? What did you know already? Well, like you said, I'd already been, but it's funny because I had not really spent much time in Reykjavik itself when I went to Iceland before. Mm-hmm. And this was many years ago now. I'm not even going to say exactly what year because it was a long time ago. My partner and I went on a vacation to Iceland to drive and do the ring road, quote unquote, as mm-hmm. a road trip. And so that's a very popular thing for a lot of tourists who really want to see a lot of Iceland. It is literally a major road 
in Icelandic terms that rings most of the island that is the country of Iceland. And so we drove that, I think in a little over two weeks, somewhere between two and three. And we really were only in Iceland to like arrive in Iceland or in Reykjavik to arrive in Iceland and then to depart Iceland. So we did do the Blue Lagoon and we had maybe one afternoon walking around town, but I arrived this time to such a different town than the one that I'd seen years ago. And so I think I tried to not have expectations and just to be excited that I would get to explore a part of the country that I didn't really see a lot of last time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that because so this actually is going to segue right into the thing that I was nervous about (laughs) going to Iceland because we, I love that you did that as a, as a trip, as a vacation. I love that you went on vacation first. Um, I know (laughs) in the travel industry, like that doesn't usually exist. So I I know. Um, and it's something that I dream about, you know, I mean, before this trip, the day before we were invited, somebody actually asked me like, where do you want to go right now? And I listed off four countries, my top four, which are Norway, Iceland, Greenland, and and New Zealand. These are like the top countries Mm. that I'd like to see right now. And the next day we got invited to Iceland and I'm like, Oh yes. Okay. You know, like we are doing this, but (laughs) when I imagine myself going to Iceland, I imagine myself doing something like what you did, which is the ring road. And this trip came up so quickly that there wasn't really any time to plan anything big. And so what we ended up doing was spending almost four full days, uh, Mm -hmm. in Reykjavik. And this is what I was nervous about because before going, what, what I knew about Iceland was adventure, 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 volcanoes, Mm -hmm. glaciers, Mm -hmm. waterfalls, hot springs, (laughs) ring road, you know, golden circle, all these things that I'd heard about. Yeah. Almost. They're great. Right. I mean, well, I'll take your word for it. And <laughs> almost none of which have to do with the city. I'm I'm like in my head quoting city of Reykjavik, yeah. which is like a big town. It is so adorable. But anyway, yeah. I was nervous about that because while I definitely wanted to uh, say yes to this because Iceland is, is a yes for me. Absolutely. You know, like, yes, let's go. Um, but I was afraid that I was not going to... Um, Well, I guess I have these dreams, like expectations of doing this big adventure trip in Iceland. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. not what we were going to do. We were going to be in the, in the city, which is generally not, um, I'll also quote my thing, which is totally a stereotype for myself. And so, and I've broken (laughs) it before, like I understand that, but, um, anyway, let's, let's get into what that actually looked like because we did, we spent all of our time in Reykjavik and holy goodness. I loved it. It's actually awesome. Yeah, I I loved it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So let's talk about what we did too, because I think a lot of people can take a layover in in Iceland and they end up staying in Reykjavik for like three days. So what we did is actually pretty common. Yeah, it's actually a thing that Iceland Air, I think, still offers. I know Mm -hmm. they were definitely offering it pre-2020, and I think they're either back to doing it or they're still doing it, where you can literally book a trip to, let's say, if you're, you know, from the United States, you can book your flight to Europe and do a stopover in Reykjavik for a few days and then just continue on to your destination in Europe, and it's not actually any extra added cost. It's just you're leaving the airport and spending a few nights in town before you board your second flight to Europe. I think it's Mm -hmm. awesome. Mm -hmm. 
I do too. If, if Iceland air works for you, then I absolutely think so too. I actually yeah. flew Iceland air over. And one thing to just be aware of is <laughs> I had this tiny <laughs> little carry on, like I have a global size carry on. That's, I mean, it, it's little and they made me check it. Yeah. I, I'm like, okay, really? So yeah, I anyway, saw your there bag. Was, it was small. Yeah. That's silly. There, there was that on the way over. <laughs> and also you have to buy your food on the plane, which is yeah. a little strange. I'm not used to that. Um, no. I mean, they offer zero, not, not a snack, nothing, um, yeah. just the beverages. And so you have to be prepared for that unless you just, you know, want to pay for it. But, um, yeah. anyway, other That's than that, tip. yeah, it was, it was fine. And from Bozeman, I was super impressed because we can get almost nowhere fast from Bozeman. We're an extra <laughs> leg from everywhere. And it was door to door, 12 hours for me, which is, it does kind of blow my mind. I went first to Seattle and then over. And yeah. it, I mean, you spent that, less time in the air, I think, than I did going from Los Angeles, which is a mm -hmm. more major airport. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. It was only like seven hours for me. I was stoked on that. Like seven hours <laughs> is short for me. So yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, um, yeah, let's talk about what we did. And well, and I think we started the time that you and I had together before we met up with the rest of their group, we started out with a good activity in terms of like, if you do want to see Reykjavik, but you don't only want to see Reykjavik, we went out on a boat and I thought the scenery mm. that we got to see was beautiful. Mm -hmm. We tried really hard to get out of the city, which we did. <laughs> yeah, uh, We went on a whale watching tour, which was kind of hilarious because <laughs> we got so excited about the whale watching, dolphin watching, and possibility to see puffins, especially in the summertime is what they say. Yeah. We yeah. saw zero, nothing zero. at all. Like Literally we were part none. of part of the 5% of trips that goes out and sees nothing such that they offered us another ticket that's valid for like three years. So we have to go back yeah. within the next three years so we can go see some puffins. Dang it. And I am willing to make that sacrifice. I'm going back with you. Yes, I am too. <laughs> okay. So we stayed, let's talk about our neighborhood and uh, yeah. the cool oh. things that we discovered down by the dock, which includes one of our really fun activities that we did which I'm, I have a feeling you may have been a little nervous about this one. Um, but we stayed in the, the Grandi neighborhood, which we is did. kind of a new neighborhood, right? It's definitely new in terms of it having like people that promote it as a neighborhood that you should go to, to do things. Because when I was in Reykjavik, I did walk through the neighborhood that we spent time in and nobody called it Grandi back then. But like I said, kind of in the beginning of our discussion, that was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It's been really built up, but they've they've done yeah. a really cool thing with the old harbor area. They've there are entrepreneurs moving their little shops in there and selling yeah. goods and they're yep. super artisan um into the old fisherman shacks. Yeah, it's really cool. So we had a lot to explore just down in the harbor at in this area, which I mean, it's so walkable. This whole city so walkable, city yeah. <laughs> is so walkable. <laughs> and I mean, we were what a 10 minute, may maybe seven minute walk from downtown Reykjavik. Uh, yeah, and we were I like, would a say even less than that. If you're yeah. like walking without stopping. Yeah. yeah. And, and then right on the other side of the road from us, like a, a one minute walk is this old Harbor area, yeah. which is just coming. It's like up and coming. Um, totally up and coming is the vibe that I got totally. Mm -hmm. And we did a really cool thing there that I definitely want to talk about because we did a flyover, which is called the flyover Iceland. That's what it's called. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys listening have ever done a flyover experience. I'm not talking about flight seeing. 
This yeah, is something it's where not you in go, a real plane or helicopter. Mm-hmm. This is something where you go into a a building and it's essentially like a motion theater. Mm-hmm. And well, that's a good description. And this, so Kirsten, I know you were nervous about this going forward. I was this so nervous what, because I get so motion sick and I was worried that it was going to make me sick, but it didn't. I mean, yeah, I took Dramamine. I was very prepared. I'm you shared it with makes, me. Thank you. <laughs> I, I shared some with you. And it kind of worked. <laughs> yes, it kind of worked because it's definitely one of those things that, like, you know, we who suffer from really severe motion sickness, we know that anytime motion is involved on land, in the air, on water, like there's the potential for it to be unpleasant. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you suffer from motion sickness, you know how to prepare. And as long as you're doing that, then you shouldn't be afraid. But I'm not going to lie. I was still a little bit apprehensive mm-hmm. because it was so different from anything I've done as an adult. I didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I'm actually with you there. I get motion sickness as well, which I will say one thing about this and maybe I'll I'll put a link in the show notes is I have this amazing thing called a relief band that is, uh, it's like it sends digital electric pulses into your wrist and like helps muffle uh, motion sickness, um, nausea at all actually. And um, my problem was the, the charging cord, um, was like malfunctioning. And that's what I, f- I figured out in the end that it was, it was the charging cord. The, the, the piece itself is still fine, but awesome. oh my goodness, I, I didn't have it. And so, yeah, I was really nervous about that too. And, um, and thank you for sharing your Dramamine with me. Cause yeah, that's a real thing. Let's talk about the actual experience because this is the type of thing that if you hear about a flyover experience that's inside a building, you might roll your eyes. And Kirsten, you said you were nervous about this being like a touristy thing that maybe you didn't want to do. And guess what you found out? Talk about that. I loved it. (laughs) I loved it. Oh my gosh. When it was over, I was like, no, no, why is it over? It ended way too quickly. I was so bummed that there wasn't more. I went from being a person that was terrified that we were going to be asked to talk about something cheesy and horribly touristy, all in negative ways, to somebody who, in the span of 10 minutes, couldn't get enough and it ended too soon and I didn't want it to be done. I mean, it was like whiplash (laughs) from how I expected it to be to how it actually was. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I love that because the first time, so I did, um, if you guys ever get a chance to do any flyover, like try it. And, and definitely when you're in Reykjavik, you've, you've got to do this flyover Iceland. But I remember the first time I did one was actually in the mall of America. There's a flyover America and, I, I went in with the same thing. I'm like, what are we even doing? Like, what is this? We're inside. Like, what Why? is this? And it like made me tear up. It was so beautiful. It was so well done. And I mean, when, when we got out of it, they're all like 15 minutes long. I was like, I would do that again right now. And I felt mm-hmm. the exact same way with Iceland. I was yeah. really looking forward to the flyover because I've done it. And I know how cool it is, but you have to experience it. It's like one of those things you that you really need to go and do it. And this flyover Iceland is right in this uh, old harbor, the Grandi yep. area, like the old harbor district. And it take the whole experience takes 30 minutes. Um, you get to, especially, I loved this part too, is when you walk in, it starts, it takes you through a whole adventure of like how Iceland was made and it brings yeah. their mythology into it. Like a troll is the one telling the stories. And like, it's so interesting to just dive straight into their beliefs as a culture and to see what their country was, was literally built on 
I mean, geologically, and then also just mythological. I mean, I don't know if I can say that because even today, yeah, I think, yeah, but I think even the Icelanders today that we were hanging out with, they said, you know, we're not going to deny that trolls don't exist. We're not going to deny it. Maybe yeah, yeah. I'll say I've seen one, but we're not going <laughs> to deny that they don't. So like mythology, I don't know if that's fair to say that. But, yeah, it's you know, part of their culture and their identity, even if totally they is. don't literally believe that fairies and trolls walk amongst us today. It's still the stories that mm-hmm. they've been raised with. It's still part mm-hmm. of their cultural identity to have some feeling about those things and to have them be stories that are told and retold. And I think that's totally admirable because I don't think that we should as any society look to like go into the future completely negating everything that's been part of our past. Mm. You know, I don't really think that that's a way to win as as humanity, like just to forget everything that's made us who we are. And granted, there's some negative stuff in all of our collective history as human beings, but to believe in trolls and fairies and like, and have those stories be part of your cultural identity. I think as long as they're not doing harm, you know, what is the harm then? I thought it was really sweet and fun. I love it. And it's whimsical and it keeps the imagination alive, you know, and totally it's yeah. I mean, imagine growing up and going to look for trolls in the lava fields that got turned into stone when the sun came out, you know, because they can only roam at night. Like how fun is something that that inspires the imagination. It turns an ordinary landscape into something that's extraordinary. Yeah. So I loved it. So did I. And (laughs) And so that's how you start this whole experience is by kind of doing a deep dive into all of that history. And then, and then you go into the actual flyover experience. And I mean, you, you walk in like, it's a kind of like, it's a giant roller coaster row, row that you sit down. Yeah. That's a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And then the lights go out. Yeah. You buckle in because, well, you'll, you'll see why. The lights (laughs) It's like, we don't want to give it all away. I know. know, It's like, they're going to actually get to experience it right here with us but you feel your start yourself moving forward and when the lights come on especially in this one flyover iceland it started with i mean you're you're over a glacier on with the northern lights and it was yeah it was amazing immediately i was like oh wow oh wow because what they did is they took a helicopter and they put a camera it's like a 360 camera underneath the nose of the helicopter and they spent a hundred hours recording, flying all over the remote and not so remote corners of Iceland. And they put it together in this gorgeous 15 minute yeah. um, experience where in your seat, you bank and move and bump with mm-hmm. the helicopter. So it feels like you're and in it and you can- in your face. Yes, and wind. Yeah. And yeah. you can look all around because- the camera allows that sort of peripheral vision. It's amazing. It is. It really was so well done. I know. I want to go. <laughs> We're talking about it now, and I'm like, please, can I just go back I right now and do it again? I don't. Once yeah. was not enough. Yeah, which I, is a perfect seek into the fact that what did we discover as we were talking to locals, unprompted and unscripted, that they loved it too, and they've yeah. been and yeah, they would apparently just tear up and get so excited to see all these corners of their very own country that they've never even seen. Yeah. Which is, it was really actually special. locals that kept flyover Iceland in business during the 2020, mm-hmm. 2021 years when you couldn't visit Iceland as a yeah. tourist, which that right there, if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for, for us, you know, 
I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we always tell people as travel writers to go to the places that locals go. Like if you see it busy with locals, then that means it's a really quality thing, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's an attraction, whether it's a park. And we say that about other things. So I don't know why we wouldn't say that about Flyover Iceland, because we literally found it to be true. I mean, when people found out why we were in Reykjavik and they said, you know, what do you plan to do here? And we casually mentioned Flyover Iceland. I mean, their faces lit up. And some mm-hmm. of them were like, I went four times in 2021. <laughs> or like, I took my whole family. Yeah. Yeah. And they were so proud of the film because it shows their country in such an absolutely stunning light. Mm-hmm. I mean, it literally makes their country look better than anything else ever has. Mm-hmm. And so there was immense pride from them in talking about it because they wanted you to enjoy it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's really an incredible way. I mean, for me, I, I've never been to Iceland. I haven't done the ring road yet, you know? And so it was a really, 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 uh, I think authentic, really beautiful way to get to experience um, part of the country without even having to go anywhere. I mean, yeah. because you, you just, you can't get all of that. When you walk out afterwards, they show this map on the wall, a giant map with all mm-hmm. of these highlighted places of where you went. And I mean, it's everywhere. It's all over the country. And yeah. You you can't even get to some of these places. When we're flying over the ocean. We're flying over glaciers. We're flying over Islands erupting volcanoes. Yeah, yeah, erupting volcanoes and just places also at their absolute best. So like there are areas of Iceland that are inaccessible because of weather and because of, you know, exploding volcanoes, erupting volcanoes. So like there are things that you'll see in the Flyover Iceland movie that you never actually would be able to see as a tourist or local. And so that adds another layer of, you know, just majesty to the whole experience because you're seeing things you literally could not see any other way except for the flyover experience Mm -hmm. I think these are going to be up and coming these flyover I think they're going to get uh, more popular and I think we're going to going to start seeing them more often and I really love that they're doing guest shows so like once Mm -hmm. one is made if there's a flyover location then they likely are going to be hosting other destination shows which I think is super cool yeah, I mean, we were hosting absolutely... a Wild West one when we yeah, were there, which so was the funny. Western, Southwestern yeah. United States. <laughs> we walked in and the first thing I saw in Iceland was Bryce Canyon. I'm like, wait, where are we again? Like, what, what are what? we doing? <laughs> but how cool is that? That's exactly the yeah. point is, yeah. They so that ended up being super surprising, super awesome experience. Yeah. Two thumbs up from both of us. Bring your relief band <laughs> or yep. your Dramamine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's absolutely worth it. Um, it was. I was so sincerely surprised by how much I loved it because I did not yeah. expect to. But that was not the only awesome thing we did. I mean, we had so much oh. great food. We had so many amazing interactions with locals. Yep. I will give a shout out to the place that we went for dinner on the first night. I loved that mm, place. Monkey's yeah. Bar. Monkey's Bar. The service was amazing. The was. the the food, we all shared like little plates. And the inside of this restaurant, which opens up to this little courtyard, actually, where we kind of sat until the sun like dipped over the buildings, um, Mm -hmm. which was really nice having to having a drink before dinner. But the the inside of this building was super cool. It it felt very old. There was a train car in it with a sign over it that said champagne lounge. And there were little tables like each section of this restaurant were like designed differently. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was it was just. And it was delicious. So it was just a fun, 
um, place to be. We also went to the Italian restaurant, Baca Baca. Baca Baca, yeah. It was so, 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 so good. It was up in the little attic space of this preserved historic building with corrugated siding and all this little historical cute trim in white and it's just really good food, really nice experiences and really pretty locations. And it was basically all locals. Like there were not other tourists there when we were dining there. Yeah, and it was one of the, they said it was one of the oldest buildings mm-hmm. in, Reykjavik. in Reykjavik. Yeah. And they're still using it for a restaurant. It's super rad. I just loved that. Yeah. And the pizzas, oh my gosh, they were so good. Oh, Wood-fired pizzas. In case yeah. you need a little bit of Italy and Iceland because who doesn't? Yeah, it was like Naples in the middle of Reykjavik. It was weird, but weird in the best way. <laughs> it was so, I mean, so good. It, it makes sense though, because the what we learned, one of the things we learned while we were at that restaurant was that it used to be an Icelandic restaurant and mm-hmm. it didn't really work. Because, and this makes sense. When you have such a small population of people, you need to make your locals happy, right? Especially- mm-hmm. when um tourism is iffy like it has been the last couple of years and this icelandic fair uh restaurant didn't survive because because guess what people can cook in their houses in iceland icelandic fair right like that it's just like the traditional cuisine and so most of the restaurants that you're going to find are not actually icelandic fair they are international cuisine because that's what the icelanders want that's what keeps them alive is by offering international cuisine which makes sense but I was still kind of surprised to learn that it's like oh well that's why we're not being offered fermented shark shark. (laughs) (laughs) going back to what we knew about Iceland going in that was one of the things that I knew about Iceland I was a little scared we were going to be asked to eat that because I did try it the first time I was in Iceland and I just have to say apologies to Iceland but I'm not a fan (laughs) of fermented shark I don't want it So yeah, Yeah. I did not want to be like having an awkward conversation again about why I don't want more, but we did try something that's very Icelandic. We had hot dogs. Yes. And the hot dogs are made with lamb meat, interestingly, Mm -hmm. uh, because that's what they have a lot of in, in Iceland. And so, yeah, but the street hot dogs, those are totally a thing, apparently. And they have their own very special way of like making them up, you know, as a person who's been to Chicago a lot, you're going to be familiar with one type of hot dog in the United States. If you're a former New Yorker like me, you're going to be familiar with another type of hot dog. And then there's the Reykjavik street hot dog that's totally different as well. They have a couple of different kinds of mustards. They have this crispy onions that you can get on it. So you got to try it at least once. Mm -hmm. And, um, as one of my, somebody just commented, I shared a photo the other day and they said, the hot dogs were the only thing I could afford in Iceland. (laughs) So (laughs) there you go. Something affordable for you. Um, (laughs) okay. So moving on from the food, my favorite experience, my favorite thing that we did. I mean, this is so easy, but it was the sky lagoon. Mm. Oh, it was so relaxing. I really need to go back there with my stress level right now. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I wish we could do it a weekly thing like the locals do. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. I loved that. They said they have passes for locals and some locals will literally come every week. And that's their way that they center themselves to reduce their stress and to take care of their bodies during the week. And I just thought that was beautiful, you know, because the blue lagoon you think of as something that's so totally for tourists 
And yet it was Sky Lagoon that was like, yes, okay, obviously we want you to come here as a tourist. We would love to have you. But this really is a place that we considered what would the locals want to do and what would the locals want to have? And then we built this for them. Yeah. Will you tell us what the Sky Lagoon is? (laughs) It's, wow. I mean, how do you even describe it? Because it's so different from what we do in the United States. It's basically like a public bathhouse with this seven-step ritual for wellness. So there's a main lagoon pool which is not mineral water. It's just fresh, really, really warm water, which is heated by Iceland's amazing hydropower, I guess, or thermal power maybe. And so you can spend a lot of time in there and it's awesome. And I want you to talk more about that. But then there's also these seven steps that you go through that have to do with like saunas and steam. And even there was like a snow room or something. How would we even describe that? The and then a salt yeah. scrub, the cold mist room. That's what yeah. it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let's take, let's take people through this. Um, because I think you've mentioned a couple times now, the blue lagoon, and I think they're almost, when you think of Iceland, you think of the blue lagoon, it's almost like the same, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. They're very um, iconic together. Yeah. And this is essentially an, an alternative. It's just, it's different. Mm-hmm. It's set up differently, but mm-hmm. it's the same idea that it's a, it's a big hot pool, but this one, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that sounds really boring. This one is, I've never been to the Lulagoon, so I can't actually speak about that. And I don't, <laughs> I have no <laughs> offense, but I'm like, I don't know if I could go after going to the sky. Like I loved it so much that, yeah. so the, the difference, one of the bigger differences for me is that the the sky look like, and only from photos, the blue lagoon has, is like white on the bottom. And it, I think I always, I always, it's very milky me. water. You can't yeah. see down in it because of all the minerals that are in the water at the blue lagoon. And you okay. actually have to be careful because like it can ruin your suit because the mineral content is so high. And it's all about like, you know, parts of the earth are basically in the water. So you're not in fresh water. You're in very, very high mineral content water but you are kind of swimming and bathing and then there's sky lagoon. Yeah. Okay. I didn't actually, I didn't know that specifically about the blue lagoon, but the sky lagoon. Yeah. It's super clear water and has a black bottom. And for whatever reason, this is totally personal. I really enjoy dark bottom hot springs. Like they feel Mm. more natural to me. I I really like them. So this one looked entirely volcanic. In, In fact, that's a good point is when you walk up to the sky lagoon, all you see is one like facade in front of you with a door that goes into the hill because mm-hmm. it's it's built in traditional Icelandic turf house style. Yeah. So what turf house means is it's covered in grass. So like you don't even see, you see, but a doorway going into mm-hmm. the hill. That's just yeah. kind of welcoming you in. And once you walk in, it's this it's a gorgeous gorgeous lobby with a restaurant and there's a a coffee shop and it's it's dark like it's ambient I love it yes and you go in there very calming yes that's what it is and there are plants everywhere and it just feels very natural um and then depending on which package you choose because you can do um there's a there's a cheaper one and then there's a which is um more like shared locker rooms and et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then there's a private one where, and this is the one that we did where you go in and you get your own little cubby of like private changing room. There's a shower in there if you want it. And there's mm-hmm. lockers and, um, you can just kind of prepare yourself there. And then you enter like, okay, like you go 
each, each of the locker rooms has an entrance into the lagoon that you kind of just like wind yourself around the volcanic rocks. And I mean, at this point you're under the open sky and it just sort of opens up. And I almost feel like I'm, I'm like spoiling it for them again, kind of like the flyover thing, but you walk out and it's just this infinity, infinity lagoon. And you're you're looking looking at the ocean. ocean. Yeah. And the sky just opens up to you. And that's actually why they called it the sky lagoon. It's, it's gorgeous. It's really well done. And then you turn and you see the swamp bar and then you turn and you see the waterfalls and you're like, where Mm. am I? What is happening right now? And, and it's just, it's, it's hot water. None of this lukewarm stuff. Like it is so nice. There are like boulder, like lava boulders built up Mm -hmm. all over the place and they have benches around them. So you can just Mm -hmm. like take a seat wherever you want. And it's really well spread out. And we were there with plenty of people. And I mean, I still felt like we had tons of space. Yeah. You really can find like nooks and crannies of the lagoon that you can just have to yourself for the people that you're with. Yeah. And the steam kind of hides you from other people. Mm-hmm. And then there are little, like the rock landscape has been manufactured so that there are little places you can kind of hide. And, and then mm-hmm. there's turf covering some parts of the landscape as well. So you've got the natural grass and then you've got the, the areas that look like um, volcanic, you know, rock. And it's just, it feels so natural, even though it was created. It doesn't exactly. feel like it was created by human beings. It feels mm-hmm. like you're actually in one of the many hot springs that are actually in rural Iceland. Mm-hmm. And then you can opt. You don't have to do the seven step ritual that they are known for, but it's amazing. I, I don't think you can skip it. If you're there, you've got to do it. Um, I, I would say it's fair to say you shouldn't skip it because right. it's so cool mm-hmm. that after you've done it, you're like, oh my gosh, why would I have skipped that? It was right. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, there might've been a, uh, a, a step that you skipped. <laughs> I think you woke <laughs> up the entire lagoon with it. <laughs> but- I am known as a bad Finn in my family because my Finnish relatives are really big on saunas and then freezing themselves to death in cold water. And I still can't take the cold water. So I definitely dipped a part of my body in, but then I was like, I can't, I you can't scream. submerge all the way to my neck. <laughs> I screamed so loud. It was so funny. I mean, I was I was facing the lagoon at that point and so many heads turned when, when, and I was in it already. I was in. So here's the thing. If you're going to do a cold pool, just do it because yeah. it is so beneficial for the muscles. And this is something I've learned to do through, through trail running is when I get done with a trail race, I have learned that if there's an ice bath around, if I get in it, I don't get sore and it's mm. amazing. It's, it's just, it's that easy. And so that it's is why I do it. It's very much mind over matter. Cause yeah, it's cold, yeah. but I mean, it's honestly, it's not as cold as an ice bath because <laughs> there wasn't any no. ice in it. So no, that's we got true. in the cold, cold water. I think I sat for at least two minutes, probably more than two minutes in the cold pool. There were only a couple of us that were able to make it work <laughs> in the cold pool. <laughs> you were not one of them, <laughs> No, but I shout out not. to Cody. Cause she was the one who did it with me. But yeah, we, from the cold pool. So you get right out of the hot lagoon, you, you dip in the cold pool and then you enter into another just door in the, in the, uh, in the turf, you know, in the hillside, it's like, yeah, it looks um, like you're walking into someone's little house. Yeah. Like a little grass hut. Yeah. And the first step in there is the sauna, which it's a dry sauna. Most of you guys know what a dry sauna is, but this one 
has the biggest window ever installed in Iceland is in there. It is literally in the whole country. Yeah. (laughs) It's a massive window and it just overlooks the water. You don't even see land underneath you. You're like cantilevered over cantilevered over the ocean with this giant window, just looking out in a sauna. Thank you. Like, yeah. And people say that they've seen seals like in the water right Mm. outside the window, just kind of peering like, what, what, what are these people? What is this? Mm. So you really feel so close to nature, even though there's a window Mm. in between you and the ocean. And it's quite big. So you're not crowded in there. No, definitely not crowded. And so that's one, two, three, the third step, I guess. And Mm -hmm. then you go in and then this is the, there's a cold mist. So you go back into the little hut area and out another door, which just puts you in this, it's almost like a, well, it's funny because it was raining on us that day, which I thought was perfect. Um, But the cold mist almost just feels like a rainy day. So it felt kind of like natural for the day that we had. It was like any afternoon up in the Scottish Highlands (laughs) (laughs) for me. Yeah. That's what I thought of. (laughs) And it's just like raining down on you from, um, you know, you're kind of in this chamber that's open to the sky. Mm -hmm. And it's just cold misting down on you. And some people, uh, like just lay down on the pavement and just Mm -hmm. lay there in the cold. I mean, I kind of walked around for a few minutes and, and was done with that one, but, um, that's the the next step. And then you go inside and you, it's a, it's a scrub. There's a body scrub and, and they make all of these personal care things. Yeah. Yeah. Bath products themselves. They, they make them all there. They're all designed by their in-house team and and manufactured. And so you can use their body scrub. You get it all over you. Mm -hmm. I loved this part. The -hmm. next step was my favorite one, which is the steam sauna. You go into the steam sauna sauna with this scrub all over you. And it is, I can't describe it other than delicious. It's delicious. <laughs> it feels so good on your skin and your body. It's yeah. like your body is breathing this in. And even yeah. when you take a breath, like with your real lungs, it's like, it's like cream. It's like you're breathing in butter. I don't even know. So <laughs> I love good. that description. It's so, it's so accurate though. Oh my gosh. I could have. Yeah. That it. wet sauna with the scrub mm. still on your skin. That was good. That was really good. Yeah. And you're meant to sit there until all the scrub like melts into your skin, which then you feel like butter. It, it's just like a butter bath. <laughs> it's oh. so true. It's so good. Butter bath. And then you go back into the little hut area and you, you shower. Yeah. And then you can actually, I dipped back into the cold pool before I got back into the lagoon. Cause it's like Smart. on the way. Yes. Um, and then you go and you get another drink from the bar, another sparkling rosé and you hang out with your girlfriends and have just the greatest day. I think we and spent it starts five raining hours. and <laughs> you can go under the waterfall and have it massage your shoulders. And even your when scalp. it starts raining, mm. it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. you're in this beautiful, mm-hmm. huge, like jacuzzi tub style lagoon and oh my gosh even when it's raining it is still an amazing experience mm-hmm. I don't think oh, yeah. I've ever enjoyed being out in the rain more than when you were in the lagoon just enjoying the lagoon it was almost oh, yeah. like the rain was immaterial and yet it also added this elemental feeling to it like you were truly one with nature even though you were in this totally manufactured environment but it didn't feel like that at all it felt yeah. so natural I yeah. loved it mm-hmm. oh Mm-hmm. Oh yes, gosh. absolutely. must do. So I, I definitely 
recommend it a, but also you've got to do the seven step ritual. And I also recommend Mm -hmm. the private changing rooms because I will say it was for Americans. (laughs) Yeah. Right. No, you're right. Fair, fair point. Yeah. Fair point. Because the other side is actually quite open. And I think so, you know, you're, you're comfortable. naked with lots yeah. and lots and lots of other people, which is very <laughs> European and a very right, Icelandic right. thing. Right. That's where all the, you know, Austrians and the Germans would go. That's where the Icelandic mm-hmm. people go. They go on the public side and more power to them. I honestly wish I was that comfortable with my body. I would love to get to that point in my life. But until then, there's this <laughs> private then. option for you. Yes. Yeah, which was really, really nice. You know, lo- yeah. I always say luxury is in the details. And this is mm-hmm. one detail that just, it felt so good because I mean, you're getting out of the the lagoon and there's fresh towels right there and you walk in and like, oh, there's this little room just with fresh towels and a fresh shower, like everything's clean and it's just there for you. And all of their bath products, shampoo, condition, like my hair felt so good for so long after that. I like didn't yeah. want to wash it again. I mean, no, they thought of every detail. Yeah, they really did. And so I, I actually would. I really would recommend the private side. I would say it's worth it. Like just treat yourself, go for it. I mean, honestly, it's not something I do often. I, I, I did want to, I do want to get after the adventure element in Iceland, right? I do want to go on the ring road, but Mm -hmm. it was so indulgent for me to be able to spend an entire day. That felt like a vacation back to the vacation thing. It felt like a vacation for me. And it was so nice. I think we have to do that for ourselves sometimes because yeah. while adventure and being out truly in nature where it's just you and your backpack and you're camping and you're roughing and et cetera, that's an amazing way to experience our planet. And you do that so, so well. But also your body also does need to rest and recharge. You can't only push your body. You often have to take these breaks that tell your body, okay, now you get to rest and relax and be pampered because I know you need that too. Like we need both. And mm-hmm. so I feel like the Sky Lagoon is that that thing that your body needs that it can't audibly tell you it needs. But after you've gone through the seven steps and you've spent hours at the lagoon, you realize how much better you feel physically for having taken that time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I ultimately have, I guess, sorted out in my mind that I think an ideal trip to Iceland would be getting to experience Reykjavik. Do not miss Reykjavik. And I'll get back to that in a second, because there's a point there that I haven't made yet that I, that I really want to stress, but, um, would be explore Reykjavik while you're there, do the flyover because it's, you're not going to be, no matter what you do in the remote areas of Iceland, you are not going to be able to see what they have on this short film. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And, and then go do your adventure, get out, go, go play. And when you come back, war- warm up, I want to say warm up <laughs> in the Sky Lagoon, we met um, Annie. Remember meeting Annie? Annie, yes. Annie had just been on an eight day expedition across skiing across a glacier. She said, she, so I mean, it went badass. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it went well. They got rained on. They got all sorts of weather. She said she's been cold for eight days. And here she is like with her drink in hand in the sky lagoon. And I'm just mm. thinking you are in the right place right now. You know, like you mm-hmm. are doing this right. You know, <laughs> pat on all of our backs for being here today because it was just like, oh man, it was, it was just a really special moment. It really truly yeah, was. <laughs> it was. It was. And, and there were can, so many groups there that you yeah, can tell they, they were, were having those same feelings of like, this is what we needed. This is how we had to do it. This is so great. We are so glad that we are here. Yeah. And you know what? You don't have to leave because they have a 
full, like they have a restaurant and bar there mm-hmm. where you can get, okay. And this is where we had some of the best local fare that, mm-hmm. that we actually had the whole trip was at the sky lagoon because they have charcuterie boards, which are again, are perfect for sharing. Um, but you get to taste, we had smoked duck. We had lamb tartare. I want to say, um, yeah. oh my gosh, the reindeer. That's right. Mm-hmm. We had cheeses, chocolate with licorice, which when you go to Iceland, you'll learn that licorice is a thing. You've got to try totally it in thing. one way or another. I ended up trying it in the chocolate, which wasn't was my so favorite, good. but I tried it. It was like, okay, this is so strange. I'm like trying to wrap my mind around what I'm eating right now. Um, and they have different beers and wines mm-hmm. and cocktails. They have a lot of local gins. Like it's, it's great. And sparkling you, tea that was amazing. That's right. Yeah. Non-alcoholic. That's right. And what's, what I really liked about this is that you can take your whole day. Like I would recommend the whole day. Try mm-hmm. Don't go in an afternoon. Like, don't do that to yourself. Don't go when you have to be don't somewhere. Don't limit yourself. Yeah. Like <laughs> go all day. Cause you can go in and have some soup or go in and have a, like a, a, a oh God, that cauliflower pastry soup. or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, go in and have a charcuterie board or a drink and and, and the fresh baked there. bread that they served the charcuterie board with and oh. the soup with that bread was, mm. oh. well, let's just say we ate a lot of it while we were in Reykjavik. We did. <laughs> we did. Um, and also Man. for lo- logistics purposes, you can easily take a taxi, but there are, there are public buses that go there. I was asking mm-hmm. about this because you can, yeah. if you take the time to figure it out, you can get there by bus. So it doesn't yes. have to be super expensive. And, exactly. Um, yeah. And they're going to be open longer in the summer. So I don't know if that's going to be the long hours of daylight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's going to be the same in the winter, but definitely just, you know, double check before you guys go. Um, yeah. But yeah. Oh my gosh. So, okay. Back to now I want, I, I, I want to share <laughs> what my biggest surprise and my greatest takeaway was, and I would love Do for it. you to share yours as well okay. from this trip to Reykjavik that we had, but the biggest, my biggest surprise was it ties back to my expectation and what I was nervous about is that mm-hmm. Iceland is fill in the blank. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had described that as so much remote adventure. And mm-hmm. I was nervous about that because I wasn't going to be able to really get out of Reykjavik on this trip. My biggest surprise is that I feel like I got the same takeaway, like Iceland's hidden, not hidden. It's actually everywhere, but like the greatest takeaway gem of Iceland is its people and its culture. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. And Mm -hmm. I, I got that tenfold by being in the city, by getting to be with the locals. We had a few amazing locals that were with us most of the time we were there. And I was endlessly entertained by these people. They were (laughs) so fascinating to me. They told the funniest stories and they were so relatable and just surprisingly I don't know, delightful. And they are the ones who are really sticking with me. And I know that on every trip, that's basically what we take home, right? We take home the stories of the people. Isn't that true? And, and this is still what happened, even though we were, and I'm saying, even though, because in my mind, it was not like an, it was a different sort of expectation thing. It's still what happened, even though we were not able to, on this trip, get out into the backcountry of Iceland. Like we still were able to really get into the culture and the people. And I feel like I was, it was such a gift to be able to experience the people the way that we did. And we did it in town. 
you know what? Like yeah. we did it in town and it was amazing. Amazing. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I really could just keep this short and say ditto on every level, which is particularly interesting to me, given that I had been before and you hadn't. But, you know, going on vacation versus going for work and having people shepherd you around, you think in a in a prejudiced sort of way that when you're going on vacation, that's sort of like a more pure form of travel and you're getting a more realistic view of a place. But in reality, I feel like I got to know who and what Iceland is better on this trip than I did on my vacation. Now on my mm -hmm. vacation, I saw absolutely stunning landscapes. I absolutely got into the back country. We sometimes went 36 hours without seeing another human being. It was definitely adventurous. But I also felt like the only thing I really learned about Iceland not literally, but almost the only thing I learned about Iceland was how beautiful the landscapes were. And this time around, I learned that the people are so funny and so friendly and irreverent, and they have such a zest for life, and they are just the most wonderful, entertaining people. And also, the food does not suck. Like, when I went on my vacation, we just did not really know where to go. The culinary mm. landscape of Iceland has changed since I was there, and we just did not have good food that first time around. And this time around, every meal was very very good and it really surprised me how good it was because I had such low expectations based on my first experience and so I think mm. my biggest takeaway is just this idea that for those of us who actually work in the travel industry you know as long as you actually do go with an open heart and mind and you really go with your curiosity fully turned on there is not necessarily a right or wrong way to do any country. It's all about your attitude and what you want to learn. And I think both of us went wanting to learn for different reasons, but we both went with such a desire to indulge our curiosity and learn that we were able to do that. We didn't have to leave Reykjavik to do it. We just had to have that openness and that desire to learn. And we both did. And it was awesome. Truly awesome. That, is, that was so well said. I was just like drinking it up because yeah, I, I so agree with you. That's, that's it. you, you, yeah, you nailed it. You nailed it. <laughs> and that, you. yeah, <laughs> good job. Good job. <laughs> Mutual appreciation society. Yeah. But, I mean, that's all of that though said between the two of us is saying a lot because I mean, we yeah. are two pretty well-traveled people and to be able mm -hmm. to be very, so incredibly satisfied, exceeded expectations with mm -hmm. three days in a city that we were both kind of nervous about is like, okay, yeah. <laughs> what, why were we thinking, you know, what, what we had something wrong there, you know? And so, yeah, I think I, I love this example for, for people who are considering doing this layover thing in, mm -hmm. in Reykjavik, because the question could be, is it worth it? Oh, it's a valid question. And the answer, if you I, do it right, absolutely. Well, yeah, I would say it's worth it. I would yeah. say it's worth it. Don't count out what you're going to find right in Reykjavik. Honestly, yeah. like that was my takeaway. And, yeah. um, the other, I think a good point that we both sort of touched upon was not just the people in order to connect with the people, you've got to put a foot out there. You've got to try, you know, and one yes. of the ways you can do that is by getting a guide. And I, I love having guided adventures because they know where to take you, you know, like you're not going to miss something really uh, special if you're with a guide, unless mm -hmm. you do the research yourself, which uh, some people, my spreadsheet people out there, I hear you. I see yeah, you. Yeah. I'm not one of them. And so like, <laughs> I, re 
I'm just not one of them, you know, and like the, the research on my end, it doesn't get done. And so I really love it when somebody says, this is what you need to do. And I'm going to take you there. I'm going to help translate for you. I mean, we didn't even have an issue with language here, but it's, it's no. true everywhere that I feel like getting connected with the local people, whether it's even just a guide, like even if you just have one that you're hiring to mm -hmm. be with you, do it. It is worth everything to, to be able to bridge that gap between the cultures and, and actually, yeah, yeah experience something on a, on a more local level. Wow. I think all the preparation in the world can't prepare you for just the random interactions you can have if you leave yourself open to it. Like you can't schedule those on a spreadsheet. And if you right. have a guide or if you have time built in to allow yourself to just meet people, then, you know, you're going to experience things that you could just never plan for on a spreadsheet. And it's not like you said, having a spreadsheet and planning is not a bad thing, but just also leave yourself some time and leave yourself opportunities to have a guide or to get to know locals as well. Try to find a balance between the two, maybe. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Well, everybody's so good. Putting, I want to go back. I know <laughs> everybody's going to be putting three days in Reykjavik on their, on their uh, wish list now, um, I hope so. whether, whether it's a trip to just Iceland or, or Iceland and beyond. I hope so yeah. too. I hope so too. I'm so excited. It's like the greatest tease and the, the greatest introduction. I'm very, very mm -hmm. happy with the trip that we just took and everything that we got to experience and learn. Mm -hmm. It was such a blast of culture. It was just so yeah. fun. It was yeah, so it really fun. Was. And I haven't been to a new country for myself personally. It, well, okay, fine. It's only been since 2020, but I mean, a lot has happened since then. And it just, it felt yeah. good to do something totally new totally new. Yeah. Oh, it was so fun. Yeah. And you know what? Everybody's got to dip their toe in a place first. I mean, you had one experience, you're still going to go back. You still want to go back. All this did is sweeten the pot, so to speak. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And now, uh, <laughs> you know, oh man. Okay. Well, Hey, remember we go on about that forever. <laughs> remember when I said, Hey, let's, let's try and talk for about 30 minutes <laughs> like, an hour later. <laughs> yeah. Almost an hour. Oh, this is what happens though. It's okay. It's okay. Because you know, it's as long as it needs to be. So yeah, Kirsten, thank you so much for, um, for joining me today. Is there anything else you want to add about Iceland before we wrap up? Not if we want to keep it short, my advice would just be go. It really is as great as people say it is. It's such a fun country and the locals are so wonderful. Just go. There you have it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and where can people find you when they, when they want to follow you online? I made it super simple. I don't have a brand name. I'm just Kirsten Elena everywhere online. Okay. We'll make sure we put that in the show notes and Thank yes. You. And, um, I definitely hope to be seeing more of you in the future. So yes, ditto. <laughs> this was so mm -hmm. great. And thank yes. you again. I very much appreciate it. And on behalf of all the listeners, like you really brought a lot to the table today. So appreciate you. Thank you. All right. I'm going to call this our intermission break. <laughs> if you need one, I just grabbed a snack and I have to tell you what it is. One of the places we went to in the Grandi neighborhood was Omnom Chocolate, which you may have heard of. There are, I think, several things that have made it rather famous. And <laughs> I came home with like $20 in chocolate bars and I have just been inspired to open one of them. It is my last one and it is coffee and milk flavor. And I am telling you, it is so delicious and it's taking me back. So definitely make a stop at Omnom down at the Old Harbor. Get ice cream there. That's definitely what I did. Yum. And uh, bring some chocolate home so you can enjoy it while you work like I'm doing right now. 
All right, take a break if you need to, but we are continuing here with the gem of Iceland itself. Two of my Icelandic friends, Elma and Heidi, who were two of the amazing locals that we got to spend our time with and who are about to take you deep inside their culture, sharing some of their favorite Icelandic traditions, stories, and of course, their own tips for what to do in Reykjavik. And on that note, I have put in the show notes for you links to everything we're mentioning so you don't have to take notes. Check out the episode show notes for anything you want to circle back to. And let's go ahead and continue with Alma and Heidi. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Nice to see you. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Of course. Happy to see you. Yeah. Yeah. So the gem of the story is actually you guys and your culture. This was my biggest takeaway. I was so excited to have gone to Iceland the whole country and only stayed in the city of Reykjavik and feel like I came away with the greatest gem, the greatest treasure, which was the stories and the culture and the the relationships with the people. And that's because of you guys. And so that's why I specifically wanted to invite you on to just maybe give a little glimpse to everybody who's listening about what that feels like. And yeah. I think that's one of the things about being such a tiny island and being isolated for such a long time is that we don't realize that some of these things might seem odd or different or (laughs) interesting even. And I think the first uh, thing I thought was like, what, what were we saying again? What was interesting? (laughs) (laughs) It's so natural for us. It's like, what you don't believe in elves. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. That's exactly what I want is I know that it doesn't seem outlandish because it's normal for you. But when I think about it, I've, the reason I wanted to talk to you guys so much is because I don't actually know any, any other Icelanders. I, I don't, I don't have connections with other Icelanders. So meeting you was, I realized how special and unique that was because I hadn't learned very much about your culture before ever. And so getting to spend three days with you was such a gift because I felt like, whoa, I am not here to see this city. I am here to learn about this culture that was created on this little island that's pretty isolated and you guys are crazy fun and like just kind of do your own thing and it's great so that's 365,000 now in total counting everyone so I think uh, meeting an Icelander actually is probably quite rare (laughs) yeah so why don't we start with something really easy how about your names (laughs) I know It's it's an easy one for me, but yeah. not for Heidi. Um, Alma Dís Árnadóttir is my full name. But Alma, I go by Alma. Alma. Yes. Yeah. How do you spell that first name real quick before we get to Heidi's? E-L-M-A. Okay. That's my first name. Then I have a middle name, which is Dís. Uh, D-I, kind of Icelandic. Icelandic I. It's uh, The letter is pronounced E. And then S, Elmadis. And it means fairy. Yeah, fairy. Oh, I love that. That's so pretty. <laughs> uh, so that's another thing with the names. Every single name in Iceland has a meaning. So yeah. um, we, when we're choosing a name for our kid, we usually think about that quite a lot because it has a meaning. So uh, it needs to mean something that uh, makes sense for us and for that, that newborn. Yeah. And a very I, popular name after this winter is Storm. Oh, yeah. Storm, <laughs> really? In Icelandic. Yeah. Yeah, what is it in Icelandic? Lot. What did you say it was? Ormur. Okay. 
Cool. And then Heidi, okay, your turn. Because your oh, yeah. name is Oh yeah, definitely. Um so <laughs> my I'm actually born in the UK. My parents are Icelandic, but I'm born in the UK. And um they must have been feeling homesick or something because they decided to give me the most Icelandic name of all. So my name uh, is Ragnheiður Harpa Haraldsdóttir. Um, you know, just nice and easy. Yeah, nice and easy. <laughs> so uh the first name is Ragnheiður. And uh, the middle name is Harpa, so you might recognize that from the musical, yeah, yeah, from the concert hall. Mm -hmm. And Haraldsdóttir, so uh, we follow the same tradition. We carry our our father's first name and then Dóttir in the end because we are the daughter of of uh, our father. So very Vikingy. Yeah, but Ragnar is actually the name that I I use um, in Iceland. It is not a tongue twister for Icelanders. But obviously, um, it just um, does not translate to any other language. <laughs> so um, very early on, I started using Heidi. And uh, mm-hmm. I use that for, for just about everyone who is uh, foreign. <laughs> yes. And who would like to pronounce a name for you. Yes, I, I totally understand. How do you spell your first name? It's R-A-G-N-H-E-I-D with a line through, which is a T-H, and then U R. And so, say it um, again. It has rolling R's, it has the <laughs> TH, it has everything. So, um, you know, Icelandic language is very, very difficult. Even in like World War II, they considered using it as a code language, but it was considered too difficult to learn. So it was unusable. <laughs> <laughs> Not even as a code language. I love it. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just too tricky. Yeah. <laughs> Who was trying to use it as a code language? Uh, I, I'm not actually sure. It's just a story that we keep being told. Oh, um, okay. Because I think it's really, really important for us to maintain the language. So uh, this is one of those things when your history teacher and your Icelandic teacher is telling you and it's in school, like it is very, very difficult. So if you are able to fully capture it, it is yeah. it's a kind of a skill. And when you, what you don't realize when you're in school is that how amazing it is that you can read like the old, old Icelandic uh, still today because we've uh, maintained it so well mm-hmm. and or just didn't change yeah <laughs> so Heidi real quick you said you were born in the UK but you when did you guys move you moved you've grown up in Iceland oh yes definitely yeah yeah um so my parents Icelanders always follow the fish and uh there was <laughs> a fishy <laughs> fishing job in the north of England uh, in the 90s so uh my parents moved there and I only lived there for the first two years, um, came back here and have been here almost ever since. Okay. I always love the story of why your mom wanted to move back uh, when she took your sister <laughs> swimming. Yeah. So um, obviously we were talking about Icelandic culture quite a lot here. And, and uh, there's certain things that um, make you an Icelander, if you can say that. And um, one of those things is uh, obviously bathing culture. It's such a huge, huge part of who we are and uh, it starts very young you do infant swimming lessons um, and then you you pretty much continue doing that until you're old everyone when they go into retirement they look forward to meeting up in hot tubs and you know doing all the gossip and and going over the news so it's very important for us and one of the things about bathing culture here is that we are very naked (laughs) 
during <laughs> during the moments when we are changing into swimsuits and we really do not care yeah so mm-hmm. um you know almost to the point where you'll you'll run into someone you meet in the change rooms and even if you're both naked you might even hug yeah no one really cares <laughs> okay yeah so mm-hmm. uh, my my sisters were living in the uk and, and we're visiting iceland and my mom was taking them to a swimming pool obviously the first thing you have to do and she noticed them them trying to undress underneath a towel. And she was just like, what are you doing? <laughs> and um, and they said like, oh my God, everyone's naked. And we're, you know, trying to change. And my mom was just like, and that's the moment I knew. I was raising two kids. They were no longer Icelandic. And we had to move back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it plays such an important role in, in being mm-hmm. Icelandic. Because she was just mm-hmm. like, oh that's the moment yeah that's when i knew yeah Yeah. in front of other people and not even think about it i think she called the realtor the day after she's like we're going home oh man i love that i love that though this uk is corrupting my children (laughs) let them be naked (laughs) very typical and so you you um did you grow up in where did you grow up then in iceland were you in uh, reykjavik very close to it yes um so it kind of like the capital area Mm -hmm. um for us icelanders we will say you know this is this town and this town and this town but when you are visiting um as a traveler you probably won't even notice that the first town you enter is not Reykjavik you actually drive through three different towns before you enter Reykjavik but there is um there's no sign there's no distance in between it's just like this house is in uh, Hapnarfjörður and now this house is in Garðabær (laughs) and you just have to know. (laughs) You have to know the streets and everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I would not say that uh, Heidi grew up in the capital area, but uh, I would say (laughs) that she grew up in Hapnarfjörður, which is quite far from where I grew up in Icelandic, like Icelandic scale. Right. Alma is cool. She grew up up in downtown Reykjavik. Okay. It's actually... uh, quite rare i would yeah, say yeah. is it um so most like big families kind of live in the suburban area yeah. um and my parents were asked if they were crazy uh, raising their kids downtown in the downtown area but uh the downtown area in iceland is not very dangerous you know if you compare it to anywhere else <laughs> yes. i think it is uh, danger yeah. is not a word i would think of even close no. to, to describe Iceland or Reykjavik yeah even from my perspective of just having been there no it's just the only uh, they bought a house on the only street you went there a lot with us which is the main street uh-huh. uh, downtown kind of the main street like the shopping yep. and the bars and that was the only street that had bars yeah uh-huh. uh, when and they bought a house on that street so people were like you're gonna raise your children there yeah <laughs> yeah the big city but I think life. it's also yeah around that area I remember when I was growing up my dad used to say uh, you know this is a very dangerous street very dangerous street there there it's the I don't think any other street had more murders or something like that and and I remember as a kid I was like oh god that must be a horrible place and then I looked it up and there's two murders from the beginning of time that's why it's dangerous oh my goodness and it's I amazing. live on that street yeah. now. And uh, Alma lives there, oh. so uh, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. It's not dangerous. No, 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 no. no. It was so, just a really big coincidence. How much of the population lives in the city? In the city, the capital area, I guess you'd say. Third, yeah, yeah, I think two it's two thirds. thirds. But we two do thirds. live. You know, we live kind of. Um, when you look at Iceland on a map, 
it does look like there's plenty of space for everyone to live all around and, and kind of everywhere. But um, when we were growing up, 11% of the country was covered by glaciers. It's down to 9% now due to climate change, mm -hmm. but it was, you know, it's still a huge portion. Mm -hmm. And um, in this mid center, there's no possibility to live because it's just mountainous and obviously those volcanoes everywhere but yeah. you know more active ones that you than you would kind of maybe like Moment. to have in yeah. your in your garden yeah, <laughs> yeah right <laughs> so um also again icelanders follow the fish so we kind of live on the coastline everywhere where you can access the sea easily so you can get yep. fish easily mm -hmm. yeah it's uh interesting that like it was uh built there now because uh, it's very windy <laughs> this mm. close to the sea so mm -hmm. um i think akureyri the next biggest uh, town or city in iceland they are built in kind of a better place they're not as windy and more uh better weather during the summer it's so beautiful though you guys picked a good spot your ancestors did. And when was that? Because you guys are very, quite young, really, as a country, as a culture. Um, you were telling me some stories about, well, let's, how about this? This is a fun one. <laughs> you can track from the beginning of your culture. Can you not with your ancestor app or whatever it is yes. that you guys have? Yes. <laughs> Please tell me about this app because this thing is amazing. <laughs> Oh wow! It's yeah. one of my favorite websites, the Book of Icelanders. <laughs> yeah, make it sound like the Book of Mormon. <laughs> the Book of Icelanders is that what you said? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so. that's the app. Basically, you can um, it tracks uh, every Icelander that has ever been born. Yes, and even before that. Yeah. So basically, um, Iceland obviously is a, a bit of a um, wild beast. So there were a few attempts to um, live in Iceland to settle. Iceland before someone actually decided to do it full time. Um, so that was taking place, you know, 400, 500, maybe. Um, and then the first people that were actually going to be staying is around 800. So, um, and we have this amazing uh, kind of history that has just been kept. And there were people driving, we're not, obviously not driving, <laughs> walking or horseback riding around the country and just collecting information. So they would basically go to a farm and say, who lives here? You know, how, how is the lineage? And they would just write it all down. And this was kept and maintained throughout. So uh, we have this Book of Icelanders, which is now a website, which is phenomenal. So basically everyone is listed there and um, it goes back. 30 40 generations so if you are reading a history book and you find a viking that you think is quite interesting and you want to look him up on on the book of icelanders you can actually see not if but how much you are related to this person because those people are our ancestors mm -hmm. so we can do like snorri sturluson let's say who is um, our most loved historian who wrote pretty much all of the sagas and the book of icelanders but also um, a lot of the Nordic countries share the same history. So he's really important in just the, the whole of Scandinavia. And we can look up how many times he is our great grandfather. He's 34 <laughs> times my great grandfather. Oh my gosh. Mine as well. 34 times. Yes. Oh. Okay, so we wow. are related. <laughs> I was so happy when you made me look up Eyder uh, Tjúbaka, oh, yeah, the Viking woman. Mm -hmm. um, she, uh, she was like my, I can't remember, like 30 um yeah 30 something uh great grandmother so i was like 
that's very cool she, so we wild. love her yeah we love her <laughs> she she basically um she owned her own ship and had a, a group of people that she ruled over and she traveled from i think norway to iceland um she made the stops in a few places but her brothers had already settled here so she decided to move here um but it was a really really difficult winter and she tried a few spots but ended up in a, a place called Budadalur and um, settled there and had children and everything and and uh, a lot of us come from her <laughs> and uh, Icelandic women t- tend to look at her as like kind of you know the DNA that's been carried through and makes us all so um, strong, strong yeah. and stubborn <laughs> and strong and stubborn yeah <laughs> I mean, I remember saying like, you guys are the daughters of Vikings. So many of us have seen these shows and we know about the history of the Vikings and you guys are like modern Vikings in the flesh. Just (laughs) this this is how the Vikings live nowadays. Yeah, but uh, I really love that Icelanders are not shy about the fact that the Vikings weren't really nice people, but (laughs) they were from a different time, but we are, we admit that they they were not nice, but we are nice today, hopefully. You are. Yeah. We yeah, now have nice. some rules. <laughs> yeah. But yes. the, the story goes that basically the Vikings that were in Norway and had a difficult time following the rules. Yeah. Um, they wanted to kind of escape the the country that had made some rules and regulations that they need to follow. Or were um, asked to leave. Or were, or were asked <laughs> to leave. <laughs> so uh, they gathered ship and sailed for Iceland where there were no rules and uh, nothing to follow. So when they came here, we, we, it's probably, you know, a kind of a settlement of the unruly, if you can think of it that way. Yeah. Mm. Sounds like another country that I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sailing west to establish yeah. new lands and new rules. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's definitely not a, a single, you know, it's not the only story like that, but yeah. mm-hmm. it does kind of uh, run through us. And, and what this Book of Icelanders also does is that there's a whole company behind it that does gene, um, uh, DNA and, and genealogy research. And um, they've been able to figure out some really remarkable things. There have been some family drama that uh, has, <laughs> yeah, has uh, been brought to the surface. <laughs> Because when they launched the website, they listed every single person and who their actual parents were. And so there were people that opened up the website and realized that they had siblings that they didn't know of or <laughs> that they're, yeah, so, or like that their dad might actually not be their dad or yeah. their grandfather might have had, you know, different children. So, yeah, uh, and that might have been maybe listed somewhere just to make sure that those people wouldn't mate. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't really talked about. And they say, because they've been doing a lot of DNA research. And, and recently, because uh, originally I'm an anthropologist, and that's one of the things where we, we really go into it is that um, 750, the year 750 and back, there's only a, about 4% um, kind of, you know, wrong listing. Okay, the rest whoa. should be pretty accurate. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. It's yeah. really, that is incredible. Really well and one of the things that they've... Uh, realized is that um the vikings made a stop on the way to iceland and they um picked up women in ireland and scotland really pretty women over there yeah and that's where we have um red hair and dark hair and you know different Mm -hmm. uh, kind of more more shades Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that the guy that our bartender at the flyover was flaming red hair great red hair 
but mm-hmm. he would be one of the Irish, Irish <laughs> Icelanders. Yeah. yeah. It's really strong in us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you also, this is so funny, but you, you, when you date someone, you look at each other up to see yeah. how related you are, right? Yeah. <laughs> I looked it up. Uh, I had been with my boyfriend for uh, two years when I was like, oh, maybe I should check. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <exactly>. She says. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's like we were related in the eighth generation, which is as far as you can go pretty much. Uh, yeah. So it's you consider that safe. safe. That's safe. Yeah, that's right? safe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think it is, um, if you think about it, it's probably like ignorance is bliss for yeah. everyone else because, you know, they're related in the eighth, which actually means that if they w- were to live anywhere else in the world, they just wouldn't know that they're in yeah. any way related. Yeah. So the, the reason uh, it sounds really weird is just because you guys don't know about this. Exactly. <laughs> You just might be related in the in the fifth or sixth or completely tenth. true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we don't have the accurate records like you do, which is absolutely <laughs> mind blowingly incredible. Yeah, but I uh, yeah, and also it's uh, if you count every Icelander ever born, uh, you don't even reach a million. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's probably the reason we've mm-hmm. been able to keep it so accurate. Yeah. <laughs> easy to track when there's not so many. Yeah, mm-hmm. easy to mm-hmm. count. Mm-hmm. yeah nice. and and also somewhat recent in the eyes of the world uh yeah as a as an established culture yeah yeah definitely tell me more about why you're so protective of your names because you mentioned that at the beginning mm, but yeah. there's a there's a name registry but aside from this um <laughs> aside from the lineage you mm-hmm. have the name thing going on will you tell us about that Heidi knows a lot about this. <laughs> you wrote your thesis on yes, yeah. I wrote my thesis on this. Um, it's a weird tradition. I think in many ways it is uh, outdated in the sense that we, uh, you know, if you look at the law environment that you need to follow, it does state at this time that the, the name needs to be able to tell you which sex the person is or which gender the person is, mm-hmm. which is really outdated. And we are working to change that. So there are some things within the kind of law environment that this committee, uh, the naming committee. That's right. The naming committee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is which is really outdated. But uh, kind of the beautiful part about it, or at least in my opinion, is that it does help us uh, maintain the rules that they are kind of spelled the same way as they've been done for the last thousand years. They they tr- keep track of the meaning and they keep track um, of how we use the, the words. So because the Icelandic language is very, very difficult and uh, you need to be able to kind of change the name within a sentence uh, at least for, for and then you add the ending to it so as eight, well. Yeah, eight different ways. Eight different ways. So if you have a name, you did like, say Icelandic was easy. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. So if yeah. you have a name like you know just yours, that would kind uh-huh. of be difficult to put into the Icelandic language because it wouldn't be um, obvious how we would convert it into the different verbs and into the different kind of uh, sentences. Sentences, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have this um, committee which is made up of people who know this uh, law regulation really, really well. And they will sit down, I think it's monthly, mm. um, and they will go over the applications. 
because <laughs> if you want to name your child something that has never been done before, you need to send in an application and, um, and actually need to pay for the application. Yeah. And they will um, establish if it's you know, valid, if it can be used within the language or not. And sometimes it does feel like they're just being a little bit uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little bit, and it's just their opinion, kind yeah, of unfair sometimes. But yeah, because yeah. one of the rules is that the name cannot uh, cause you any harm or discomfort, yeah. basically. So okay. you cannot just name your kid Lucifer. Yeah, because, <laughs> because that... someone tried this, or he's trying to change yeah, his name, yeah. right? There was a guy that he he he's trying to be named Satan, right? Yeah, he's yeah. Tried to... A lot. He keeps applying and it costs him something every time. What is it? Do you remember? More than a hundred dollars each time. Yeah, wow. each time. And he, tries and he keeps to getting yeah, denied. He's, denied. He's applied <laughs> to Satan. I think it's like eight times. Yeah, and uh, a w- woman. Mm-hmm. Um, she uh, named her uh, kid something. She wanted to call him something Dylan because she loved yes. Bob Dylan. And she was like, I keep trying to. Uh, uh, get them to approve this name but uh, they want to write it in an Icelandic way so okay. uh, she didn't want that she wanted the Bob Dylan mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah so she didn't name him yeah <laughs> huh. I mean it is it is oh, it sounds really odd and you know we the more I talk about this with with my friends I realize that this is weird and there's a lot of people that are against this you know is this even following just regular human rights yeah um but it is a very very small population that still speak this language and i think that we are listed with tribe languages and and you know languages that will easily be distinct if we don't make sure that um we kind of preserve it Mm -hmm. yeah so um i think we should change kind of the the regulations around it a little bit just to make it modern but i personally i do like the fact that we make sure that it is following and makes sense within the language yeah Mm -hmm. I do too I think it's really pretty I mean (laughs) it it doesn't I suppose you have a big bank of names to choose from it's not like you can't be creative or choose something that hasn't been used in lots of years um but I would understand you know there's no there's no trademarking the name blue ivy in Iceland yeah (laughs) Yeah. there is a there's a news announcement every time they allow um a new name allow new names and usually they're not mean about it like one of the newest names that they allowed is fiara yeah um, and it means, it means beach yeah okay and um i think that that was like an obvious yes on their end because it's um it's a word it's not a negative word um it's easily yeah. usable it's easily changeable um so that was just going to be an obvious yes yeah yeah but it's when yeah. it's something really really difficult and sometimes it takes a few attempts like it did take them a few attempts to allow cactus, for example. Cactus. But yeah. yeah, I know uh Vitli May. Yeah. Which is they don't they didn't want to approve that. But um, if you can find it in history books, yeah. if you can find that there's a historical kind of um, you know, and anywhere written, you can get it approved pretty quickly. Wow. That's amazing. Vitli May, what would be the translation? Like uh, wild uh, May? Yeah. No, I'm yeah. not sure. Like a wild woman, basically. Yeah. Wild woman. Oh man. Yeah. I like it. Wanna be named that? Yeah, right. <laughs> it was eventually approved. So you yeah. are able to be called wild woman if you if you would like. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Thank you for explaining that. And also the the lineage thing, because I think that 
one of the things that stood out to me so much was just how unique there are so many things that are so unique about your culture. Does anything else come to mind that you particularly like about your culture that you think is super unique? I I always like the superstitions. I think they're, um, yeah, I think they're funny. My mom is very superstitious. So she's always like, um, uh, she never looks when there's a black cat walking mm-hmm. across the street. Or, and, and I know my grandma always says that uh, whenever she loses something, the elves took it. She she's like, ah, oh, this couldn't have been me. It was the elves. <laughs> Definitely. So the poem. No, she. Uh, it was Maya's grandmother. She always recites the poem, but mm. mine. I haven't heard mine do it. Do you know it? I I don't know it. My no. my grandma used to recite the poem, and yeah. that usually meant that they would return it the day after. Yeah, it's like a poem to the elves. If if you lose something. Uh, if they will bring so they will bring it back to you basically but it's quite respectful it's basically like okay I understand that you took this I hope that you take good care of it enjoy it but I would appreciate to get it back (laughs) (laughs) the plea to the elves yeah (laughs) it's very respectful Mm. yeah yeah that's so sweet superstition about elves is also so funny because if you if you ask a modern Icelander do you believe in elves you will get a no yeah but then you ask them, so why don't you just move that rock or why would this happen or something like that? And they'll be like, it's just best not to move it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's not really logical. It's still rooted in everything. Yeah. So, and it's used uh, when they're building a road and there's a Elvis rock or something like, there are a lot of elves that live in this, in this rock. You can't move it. They have to build the road around it no kidding (laughs) and they'll do it yeah they'll do it what no (laughs) way because there's so many stories where they have tried to move it and then just the machinery breaks down and they're they like mysteriously break their legs or yeah something like that so it's just best not to trouble them yeah unexplained accidents (laughs) due to elves Yeah. yeah and you'll see like you know this is not just like a a kid's superstition or like old funny women it is you know you will see like middle-aged men that are like you know want their steak and all of that will be like let's not move that rock (laughs) let's leave the elves be yeah yeah that's not yeah yeah i think many of the stories elves and trolls all of that might have to do a little bit with uh grown-ups trying to get their children to behave like they would kind of not scold you with them but kind of threaten you with them (laughs) a little bit you know let's not be throwing rocks or you might hit an elf's home or let's not do that or let's let's not pick the moss because it's the decoration of the elf's home or something Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. so you will be taught so many stories like that and like our christmas uh, tales and everything they're quite dark um it's uh grilla which is the mother of the santas the yule lads we have 13 santas and we call okay. them uh, the Yule lads. And they were uh, like mischievous pranksters that were always uh, coming and pranking everyone. And then <laughs> their mother was kind of like a troll. Definitely. Grilla. And she has uh, been married three times. And her husband, the third husband, he's completely useless. And they have a cat that comes and gets uh, children that don't have, uh, didn't get any clothing. Nothing new to wear for Christmas. The cat will eat you. Yeah. What? Yep. Oh, 
So that's that's and, another and thing. And Krila will eat you if you misbehave. Yeah. Well. Oh no! She cooks you in a pot. And mm. all of Whoa, the that is dark. Like different pranks. Yeah. <laughs> they have like what's the sniffing? Yeah, it's like the door slammer is one of them. Yeah. Um, there's one that like kind of sniffs. Basically, he sniffs a food, so he will like basically <laughs> be like you know kind of letting his nose lead him to your food and steal from you. Yeah, um, he steals uh, the meat, the sausages. Yeah, yeah, the sausages. He only steals sausages. <laughs> there's another one that only steals skir, which is the Icelandic yogurt. Yes. There's mm-hmm. um yeah, so all of them have like really different. Uh, one steals candles. Yeah. So it's yeah, they're <laughs> they're big pranksters. Um, but they were kind of reinvented because we had them for a very long time, and they would just be stories that you were told to, so that you would behave during Christmas mm-hmm. but then it was kind of which is a rare thing in Iceland they were kind of disnified um because usually we just still tell the children the dark dark stories yeah um so <laughs> they were disnified a little bit and now they don't wear uh like natural colored clothing they wear the red kind of yeah and they bring presents and they bring presents <laughs> they do so they, they don't need. just steal they also give no. <laughs> yeah, they bring something <laughs> But they're always when you you know when you uh, go somewhere and there are Santa Clauses, there'll always be like a little bit pranks, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. a little bit of pranky. fighting the candles, and yeah. yeah, and they're always like a little bit clumsy and, and just funny. They're hilarious. Yeah, uh, they're not like the ones that you recognize from any of the Hollywood films. <laughs> no. mm-hmm. But they are uh, so basically on the eleventh of December, uh, the children will put their shoe out in the window, and then every single night until the twenty fourth, they will get a present. Uh, just a small one from a different from a different Santa yeah. Claus. So ah. each of them have their own date. Yeah, and they will all bring presents. Unless you misbehave, then you will get a coal or a potato. Yeah, a potato. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so and like that's one of the things that you know, as a kid, you're just this. You're raised with this, and this sounds like the most normal thing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So um, yeah, it's it's one of those, <laughs> and things. it's usually like uh, one of the presents is usually like socks, so the cat doesn't come and eat you. Ah, <laughs> smart. Because yes. that's, I would imagine that's not always your fault as a child if you don't have something no. to wear. <laughs> don't want to get eaten. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, it, it's it's kind of those stories are quite dark, but I think as well, like you, you uh, talked about the trolls before, the trolls go out at night. So they can roam around in the nighttime, but as soon as the light hits them, they turn into stone. They get petrified. Yeah. So that's another thing that, you know, probably just asking children not to be going out in the dark. Mm-hmm. Which is hard during the winter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always dark. Yeah, it's always it's dark. dark. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you see them everywhere. And I think, you know, all around the world, you know, the stories of like laying in the grass and watching the clouds and trying to look for faces or figures. But in Iceland, we are obviously covered by lava. There's lava fields everywhere. So as a kid, you would go around trying to find faces in the lava. Mm -hmm. And uh, they would be trolls. Trolls that didn't make it home. They are trolls. (laughs) They are. Petrified (laughs) trolls in the lava. Yeah. (laughs) And then now the elves live inside them. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And you can actually see this at Sky Lagoon when you're in the lagoon you're just constantly looking for faces yeah. and there's a couple um, there ah, shoot I didn't yeah. look for them <laughs> some quite good ones and it's really funny because when we're 
maybe posting photos or something from there. There, it's uh, we get comments from Icelanders just like, do you see that? You know, do you see the face over there? And then there's just a thread that starts. People are like, oh yeah, yeah, I see it. <laughs> there's uh, there's one in the waterfall. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's so there's special. A in <laughs> so, what is yeah. your favorite? If if somebody were to come and visit you, an an outsider, what would you treat them to in Iceland? Like, what would you? What would be your idea of showing somebody Reykjavik and question. and Iceland? Mm. I would probably show them a lot of around the capital area because I'm from there. Mm-hmm. But I would definitely bring them to Skylagoon, of course. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, probably um, I love the Rainbow Road and I love taking people uh, to eat here. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of good restaurants and a lot of good restaurants that offer like traditional Icelandic food, but it's mm-hmm. um, still kind of, um, yeah, they make it amazing, <laughs> really. Mm. Like the Plokviskurs, yeah which is fish stew yeah fish stew it doesn't sound good but it's really good and i would um and i love telling stories behind the food and everything i would eat it with with freshly baked rye bread yes Um, that's so good um i think food wise we are huge foodies i think there's so much um that the weather controls here in iceland and sometimes you can't do the things that you want to do but you can always have a good meal yeah and i think that's one of the things you know you can can always always take a swim yeah you can always have a good meal and i think that's one of the two things that if if the weather is bad it doesn't really matter there's always going to be um a lot of people in the swimming pools or in the lagoons around iceland there's going to be a lot of people uh, treating themselves to a nice meal because they deserve it because the weather is bad and there's always going to be a queue at the ice cream shop. Yeah, always. No matter what. Definitely, I would do that as well. Take uh, people out for ice cream in Iceland. It's mm-hmm. uh, We have amazing ice cream. <laughs> and we put a lot of candy in it. <laughs> it's really good. It's like the Dairy Queen Blizzard, Yeah, but better. Yeah, and we also have a lot of candy. We love licorice. Mm-hmm. We have licorice on everything. We Even our movie theaters have licorice powder where you can um, put over your popcorn. <laughs> wow yeah it was I, when w- we were just talking about in a when we were in in the smack bar in sky lagoon we were eating chocolate with licorice pieces of licorice like <laughs> yes. chunks of licorice in it not just a flavor but like the actual licorice do you yeah. like it it wasn't my favorite but i i didn't dislike it you know it was okay. just interesting because it felt like i was eating it's like almost having two bites of something at once because in my mind they were so different yet there was in the same bite so I didn't yeah, dislike in, it but yeah it was interesting even in the small grocery stores we still have like a whole aisle dedicated to candy mm-hmm. wow it's uh yeah it's insane I don't know what it is no but I think um licorice is a little bit like coffee see now that you had a bite of chocolate that had licorice in it and you didn't hate it you might uh... just need to do a little bit more and then you'll yep. be on the train I completely understand that I really do. Cause I did that with coffee. I yeah. just wanted to like it. So I just kept trying it, kept trying it. So I yes. could totally see that. And in and the yeah. end, you'll want like licorice ice cream with licorice dip and licorice yeah. toppings. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I think licorice is just something that uh, I, I'm not quite what does it store well, or I, I don't know. We just love it. It's very salty. We love salt. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's really good. Yeah. It's really bad for you though, but it's really good. <laughs> yes. 
But I think that um, wanting to treat a person to something within Reykjavik would be a fantastic meal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, an obvious choice would be Skylakun for us because it's downtown yeah. and it's it's the best of Iceland within kind of one visit, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. But outside of Iceland, my ultimate, outside of Reykjavik, sorry, my ultimate favorite Ooh. is the West Fjords, mm. which is if you're looking at a map of Iceland, it's the head of the monster. It's the most <laughs> <Okay>. remote. <laughs> it's the most remote Uh, it's the oldest part of Iceland it it was uh, formed in the first eruption that created Iceland and it's the most isolated Um, there's only I think in total there's 3,000 beds that are um, hotels you know Airbnbs in total so there can never be more visitors than that within the West Fjords and it's 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 a gem it's a total gem I would like to go there. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe and it's great time. for hiking. If anyone mm. likes hiking, if anyone mm. likes whale watching, if mm. anyone wants to meet like a proper old fisherman that will speak to you only in Icelandic and give you, <laughs> and give you rotten shark. I don't know if anyone has seen the video of Gordon Ramsay eating a rotten shark. Yeah, that's in the West That's in the West yeah. And that's hilarious because the old man is just making fun of him the whole time <laughs> in Icelandic. But the woman that's with him it's supposed to be translating and she is not giving him the right <laughs> translations. Is she being polite? <laughs> so polite, which is so funny because the old man is just calling him like a seven-year-old girl. <laughs> <laughs> and Gordon Ramsay doesn't have a clue. Oh, that's great. <laughs> now so we know. I'm going to have to look that up. I have not seen that, but that sounds very entertaining. Oh, yeah, God. I would say Icelanders are, uh, they have dark humor and are very sarcastic. So maybe it doesn't translate well. Well, I don't know. <laughs> it is so funny, though, that that show is so funny because he keeps being told off by every single Icelander and he just doesn't know. He's like landing with some farmer and his young daughter is just telling him off the old time. <laughs> he, and Gordon, poor thing, doesn't have a slut, doesn't have a clue. Uh, yeah, I guess we don't care about status. No, I mean, she doesn't know who Gordon Ramsay is. He's yeah. just a, a silly man that <laughs> is ruining her lamping season. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So, a good meal. You guys took us to Monkeys, by the way, oh, and that yeah. was so good. I was yes. so excited to discover that place. It was really good. Would you call that sort of also traditional or? No, but they have a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say traditional, but they have a lot of uh, Icelandic fish and okay. it's very good. They prepare it, um, yeah, with like chili and yeah. Yeah. What was it called? The rainbow um, Arctic char or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, that was, it was delicious. like Arctic char, ceviche. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah. Because uh, in many ways, like the, the dishes that we used to have is are, are kind of difficult to... Um, I don't know get to know right now yeah but um it's the quality of the of the produce yeah of the ingredients mm-hmm. um that really kind of drives it home it's the fish that is just better than anything else you'll have yeah uh, we're fish snobs yeah yeah as you yeah. should be <laughs> yeah as you should be yeah because I remember when we were sitting in Baka Baka in the upstairs having the pizza and you were telling us that a lot of the restaurants um were actually or a, a lot of the restaurants actually feature foreign food because that's what the Icelanders want. Yeah. Um, and so we were actually talking about that on the other part of the episode. And so 
I want to correct anything that we said that was, may have been wrong that you can find really, really good traditional Icelandic food. Where would you suggest people go for that? Like, what's your favorite restaurant? Um, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but that's the whole concept of smakbar. Yes. We did talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically introducing you and everyone else that visits to Icelandic cuisine, but the good stuff it's been cherry picked, you know, the things that, we are still eating a thousand years later that is actually good and that when you're living abroad you think about a miss so yeah like pickled herring mm-hmm. our pickled herring it's amazing and the kravlax which is a uh, cured salmon yeah um it's phenomenal um and i'm I mean, I, I'm a pescatarian, so uh, maybe you can talk about the meat. Yeah, the meat is also very good. Uh, we have the the reindeer pate. It's mm-hmm. very good. And we also know the vendors mm-hmm. quite well. So uh, it's, uh, it's the brothers that they argue all the time. They never agree on anything, but when they agree on something, it's amazing. Mm. <laughs> and that's I think you were pate. telling us about Where are they from yeah. again? They they are just no they're from the city yeah uh, but if you see them it's hilarious one is really tall one is short one is dark hair one is blonde <laughs> and they will disagree on everything and being in the same room you're just like this is never going to end you know where <laughs> they're arguing in front in front of you it's yeah it's very Italian or something and then <laughs> in the end they're just like okay fine this is what we're doing and then you taste it and you're like oh okay it, it was worth it. Yeah. It's really, really good. And um, so they're assisting us with uh, doing the food. And what they have is this kind of immense passion about having the ingredients better than the best. So they have, uh, it's, a, it's a father and son duo that hunt the geese, oh, yeah. the reindeer, yeah. um, everything that we have here. And they are in connection with the farms where they want to get the lamb, they get the, the jam, for example. We buy that from a co- company that only uses wild blueberries or bilberries, actually, that are from the West Fjords that I spoke about before. Mm-hmm. Because if you ask anyone in Iceland, that's where you find the best bilberries. Yeah. Because they're the most plump. So they're really, really good. Um, and it, it, you know, it, it did take a while to kind of pick all of those, but that's why we want it to be platters, not tasting platters, mm-hmm. because the concept is, is the best of everything. Yeah. Oh, and it was we so delicious. Get a taste of our culture, like mm-hmm. food culture. Yeah, one of the Absolutely. best ways I think if, if there's, if you only have like a short time to s- spend in Iceland, the best two ways to uh, take in the culture is by eating it, eating your way through the culture, and then soaking in the culture. So yeah. the combination is uh, is quite good here at Skelton. Yeah. But there are obviously um, these are like platters. So if you if you want to go for like a big meal, um, there are some great restaurants downtown that specialize in fish. Yeah, and uh, I would say like there's a place Fiskmark- called yeah Fiskmarkaren. It's very good. And also market. I know uh, Rork, uh-huh. they have like uh, small dishes, uh, and they offer like uh, what we talked about earlier, the fish stew, um, which is plock fish in Icelandic. They have a very good one there, and they they uh, they bring the right bread with it as well. It's very good. It's nice. And also, what did you say was uh, the name of that one? Rork, which means uh, wind. <laughs> okay. It's R R O K. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. One of the few ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I was expecting something more from that, but that was yeah. actually quite simple. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, I feel like you guys kind of just almost summed up using food as the example, <laughs> the type of, I think, place and culture that you are, because while you don't have a lot, what you have is super quality, no matter what you're looking at, whether it's the people or even the name thing, you know, like what you're trying to do is make it the best of the best. And I think that's a really great sort of summary of what I feel like I got to experience in your little country that was just so incredibly quality. So it's nice to hear. Yeah. Oh my God. I loved it. It was so nice. And you guys really helped make it so (laughs) I'm going to use the word entertaining and (laughs) so interesting the stories that you tell. And I mean, I'm, I'm imploring upon my listeners to get to know the locals when they come to Iceland because um, you have so much to share and I love how open you've been about your stories and just willing to go down those tangents with us because it's been it's that's exactly how I experienced it with you in person and so it was fun to be able to do that again great here today Um, but yeah Yeah. thank you guys both so much I don't want to take too much of your time Um, I know that you're super busy with your high high season in summer in Iceland yeah (laughs) actually um, raining and uh now so well, we're so cheerful we're preparing yeah. it's pride week here oh. um so Reykjavik pride is taking uh-huh. place next week uh-huh. so we've been preparing for that creating um doing all the decorations and everything to show our support yeah. excellent good for you so um Alma and Heidi are both they work at Sky Lagoon so if you guys go to Sky Lagoon you might get a chance <laughs> to say hi to them um and <laughs> Thank you so much for, for your time and for sharing your stories. And thank you. Um, thank you. As well. I can't I'm wait so to glad. see you yeah. guys again. Next time, <laughs> yeah. maybe we'll go to the West Fjords because yeah, definitely <laughs> we'll do some hiking, pick yeah. some berries. Yes. I love it. Let's go foraging. Let's build our <laughs> own snack tray. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds perfect. All right. Well, you have made it all the way through the longest jump episode to date. <laughs> I sincerely hope you enjoyed our visit to Iceland today. Be sure to check the show notes for most of the fun things that we mentioned, including how to contact and make reservations at both flyovericeland.com and skylagoon.com. Also, there are two really great guides linked there that Kirsten created for travelers for both the Grandi neighborhood in Reykjavik and for the Sky Lagoon. So check those out for a lot more of the details and, of course, the imagery from our trip if you still haven't had enough. And I don't blame you if you haven't. I haven't either. I cannot wait to go back. I hope when you go to Iceland, you'll choose to do the incredible flyover experience as well as the sky lagoon if you do pop by our instagram at jump.adventures and let us know what you think thank you so much for being here today and listening all the way to the end my parting word to you today is it will all be okay don't forget to subscribe to stay in the loop for all things jump adventures at jumpadventures.com safe travels to you and we'll be back soon